Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, back here, Cofield and Company, as we're hanging out at Parkway Tavern. Damon is back in the Finley Toyota studio. So is Adam Hill. Good spot there with Darren Millard. We got a good big four coming up. We got some college football to break down, a little UNLV breakdown in the middle of this hour. And uh, we'll close it out with the one, the only, Sam Paniotovich with some lean, some likes, some gambling analysis. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766 1400. Offices in Reno, downtown Vegas. Vegas proper. I guess Summerlin, actually. And Henderson. 766 1400, dial 775 in the north. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. All right, guys, what's going on early in the season with LeBron James and officiating and all of a sudden LeBron, who's made his entire living, well, not all of it, but a lot of it at the free throw line, he ain't shooting free throws. Yeah, the team's not happy. Uh, They have complained to the league. They're showing clips. They're saying, why isn't this getting called? They are saying that officials have really stopped uh, making calls that they have usually made, uh, including one where LeBron said, look, I just got slapped right in the face. What am I supposed to do here? You got to make this call. And uh, probably as a point, his his free throw uh, numbers per game are on pace to be a career low. Uh, it's just it's definitely not good. Come on, what are you saying? I will say this: when it comes to wins and losses, maybe that affected why he passed up that final shot of the game against Miami last night. Because I think in the past LeBron goes up strong for that layup, but he kicks it out for a three. You know, I'm not saying that it was a bad pass. But I think that LeBron should be have that confidence to say, hey, if I don't make this, I'm going to get the foul call. But I don't think he has that confidence right now with the way the officiating's been. Adam, what's happening today with Election Day in the NBA? There's no games. No games on at all. They're not playing. If you are looking through your TV trying to find a game to watch, if you are looking through an app trying to find a game to bet or play some DFS, there's nothing there. The NBA, part of their initiatives of the last couple of years where – you know, there was a lot of people that said, "Oh, you, you know, you say these things, but you don't put your, you know, you put your might behind it. You don't actually make actions. You don't uh, do anything to actually help the process." They said, "Okay, one of the things we're going to do, uh, we will not play games on election days anymore, uh, so that our fans will not have that as a distraction, not have that as an excuse why they're not going to vote. So instead of watching basketball, go out and vote. And it's not just that the day is free. I think it's more." The reminder, right? You you go and you open your phone and say, all right, who's playing today? And you realize they're not playing. Then you might look it up and say, wait, that's why they're not playing? There's elections? I didn't even know there was elections. Maybe I should go vote. Like, that's kind of the hope. And I don't think it's going to work for a lot of people, but I think there's some that will look at it and say, oh, yeah, good idea. I'm a bad fan and a bad citizen. You didn't know and you don't care? Yep. Well, that's not good. Will you care next year? Eh, probably not. You know, that, you know. You, come on. Is this another Cofield and Company show member who's never voted? Oh, no, I've voted before, yes. Okay, good. All right. What's, what's it going to take for you to vote next year? What's going to have to happen over the next 12 months for you to, to get interested? I'm, local elections are important. People should go out there and vote. Just not me. Okay. Yeah. But everyone else, go do it. Just not me. Yeah. All right, number three. Number three. 
Adam, how much social media, aside from Chandler Jones, did you see out there um, whining and taking shots at Josh McDaniels? Was there a bunch before he got fired from the players? Uh, No, not really. Okay. Why is that? Because you want to play. Exactly. And you're an adult. Right? Well, I think it's more than you want to play. Yeah. Uh, well, too often in this league, you've got players who want to voice things, but they want to do it on social media. And, you know, Mike Tomlin's got another guy he's got to babysit. This is pretty incredible. I guess it's not incredible because I don't want to, you know, say, hey, kids these days. But uh, it was Pickens last week who said something on social media to the tune of, like, set me free. Free me. Like, bro. Oh, free me. Um, what are we doing? You, I mean, do we all not – if you're on the Steelers, do you not know the situation? Like, your quarterbacks are not good. How are you helping the situation by sending up on social media, free me? Uh, yeah, you're not. He did say it wasn't about the team. He said this was not about football. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So the, the Josh Jacobs method so of, uh, of <laughs> cryptic? Maybe he's in like, a, you have to figure it out? He's in a relationship he doesn't like? Free me? Uh, is that a guess or is that what he said? Uh, no, he didn't say that specifically. He just said it's not about football. Okay. You guys just made assumptions that it was. Um, he also right. did uh, the, unfollow the, the Steelers. Big bad media. He also, always, always taking things out of context yeah, when you're also, not clear with your social media. He did unfollow the Steelers. Um, oh, here we go. And also take down every picture on his feed that had the Steelers in it. Um, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but it's not about – no, the free me is not about the Steelers. No. He has restored those now. Uh, so he's back. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear what he was talking about. He's frustrated with his usage, frustrated with how – bad the quarterbacks are he also look he had a touchdown that he should have scored and he messed it up this week so nobody to blame but yourself there uh yeah. but yeah it's uh it's it pretty clear that he was sending that message and uh it's not helpful it's not good now mike tomlin did come out and say that's what i want out of my receivers uh, i want guys that are going to man the ball and want the ball and want to make the team better so uh he's kind of backing you know he's kind of covering for him a little bit he also yeah. said you know, when he was asked about it, like being a distraction in that, he said, look, this is a pebble in my shoe. Uh, I've got a lot more, you know, more important things to worry about. Oh, than, really? Than a guy, yeah. <laughs> than a guy uh, you know, being annoyed on social media. What if he had, uh, he probably could have gone on to say, do you realize who I've coached over the years? This is nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. I mean, he's like, this is nothing compared to A.B., Right, nothing, nothing compared to his uh, his former running back, who basically played his way out of the league with a an ill advised holdout, which I thought was a good move, but it was not. So he's he's had some drama dudes in there in the past. Yeah, it's something he's dealt with. He's been a part of it. I don't think this is going to throw him off his game or anything. Now, can we do a little? This is there aren't many radio shows that do this, and they should. When I sit up here and I'm. I'm complaining about social media, and this is not the way to handle things. Um, it's kind of similar to, say, a radio legend Mike Francesa. You know who he is, right, Adam? Sure. So Francesa would be like a lot of us on radio and talk about selfish athletes, drama, bad teammates. And I would listen, and I'm like, wait a second. You're calling someone else a bad teammate or selfish or an egomaniac? Huh? You, the radio star? I just got to run it by everyone here. Adam, have you ever unfollowed your employer? Uh, no. 
Okay. Damon, have you ever unfollowed your employer, which I guess would be either LV Sports Network or ESPN Las Vegas up on Twitter or R&R 920 up on Twitter? No. You've never done it? I don't think anybody would notice or care. So, uh, yeah. You. Uh-oh, oh, 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 what is that? Whoa. Notice or care? What does that mean? What's going on here? Press conference time. Yeah. What's happening? I know. What are you talking about what's happening? I'm not a star wide receiver. It would it would be it would be the um what's lesser than a pebble in the shoe. Yeah. Have you deactivated your Twitter and taken a break for a couple days? Yeah, of course. I have tweeted okay. once the uh, Shawn Michaels gif, you know, legendary WWE wrestler. I've lost my smile. Oh wow. Okay. It's very dramatic. All right. That's Adam, so what do you think of that? What do you, what do you think of us sitting here? And, and DeMond actually said nothing that whole time. I actually, I don't follow ESPN Las Vegas. So so while I was doing that whole rant about, but to, to DeMond's point, for us, doesn't really matter as compared to a receiver. And maybe it shouldn't, maybe it should matter to the receiver. And maybe Tomlin's response is like, just don't pay attention to him. Who cares? Yeah. That's basically what he's saying. So why do you follow anyone on social media with the Raiders? Because you can get nuggets. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you communicate through it. I mean, there's the, the DMing capacity that has come in very helpful. For yeah. sure. Uh, number two. Number two. Uh-oh. Aaron Rodgers, lookout league, on a hot mic, talking about his Achilles, Adam. What do he say? Uh, he was talking to Derwin James last night before the game, and he said, I'll be back in a few weeks. He also did throw a 55-yard pass during warm-ups. What? Yeah. Wow. So if the Jets can keep this together until, say, week 12, be sitting at 6-6, six and six, I'll go full Jet fan. We got life, Adam. Yeah. We got yeah. life. How believable is this? Uh, Not very. Uh, also, he did kind of yeah. back off a little bit. A few weeks doesn't mean anything, first of all. I mean, he's not jogging yeah. yet. Uh, right. He did say on McAfee today, it'll be a few fortnights. So a few yeah. fortnights, which is obviously <laughs> weeks, very weeks, obscure. Weeks. That means six weeks. Uh, yes. So if it was week 15 that he came yeah. back, uh, we will see. He did say, you know, they'd have to they'd have to be in the playoff race still. He's not going to come back if they're not in the race. So they're going to have to keep their head above water and, and in it uh, for him to do it. I still think it'd be a long shot, but uh, we will see. Now, obviously, this has also led to the conspiracy theories out there. Uh, that he actually never did tear his Achilles. Oh, no. Which I think is more believable than him coming back in, you know, in three months. Why? Why would he do that? Oh, that's that. That part's easy. Why would he do it is very easy. <laughs> why would uh, he fake an Achilles injury? And why would the organization go with it? Uh, well, the organization wouldn't. He would have had to hide, the, hide it from the organization and get his own because he got his own uh, doctor. So he's uh, got fake x-rays? Uh, well, did they share it with the team, or did he just go to his own guy? Uh, the why is very easy. I mean, obviously, it's his vendetta against science. And he would prove that, you know, science says it takes nine months. No, it right. doesn't. Wow, that is rich. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm interested in this. First of all, I think it would be very, very difficult to pull this off. Yes, it would. Uh, but if there's anybody that would do it, it's definitely Aaron Rodgers. Could you do it, say, 30 years ago? Um, could you fake it? It would yeah. be easier to. I feel like 
One of the documentaries I watched that, that had some Isaiah Thomas involvement in it uh, claimed that he, he actually just left the game and he actually did not rupture his Achilles. That makes he sense. He decided to walk away from the NBA and it was, oh, it was because of an injury, but he really didn't have that injury, which I also don't believe. I'll believe almost anything. You are a full conspiracy theorist. Sure. Yeah, why not? I thought you were very anti-conspiracy theorist. I am. I'm kidding. I'm like, what are you doing? All right, top story. Number one. Uh, Vast Sound crew didn't have time to pull this one, but uh, I can swear I heard a quote yesterday. I was sitting across from one Adam Hill. Quote, Zach Wilson is showing slight improvement. This was going into the Monday Night Football game. He was. Okay. Well, give me a read on uh, last night's game against the Chargers. He stunk. That's it. Can Not you just good. change stunk? Can you change stunk to stinks or has stunk? No. Played well, like against the Chiefs, he played pretty well. He, he. You're the guy who loves PFF. If you track things with Zach Wilson, he throws so many bad passes and even some completed passes where his receivers are covering for him. And last night, the if you had no dog in the fight, the fun thing to do with Zach Wilson is count one, two, three as he's going in his drop and then out, 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 and just keep saying out and see if he's throwing the ball during that time. One, two, three, out, 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 and he still hasn't thrown the ball. No, he's a playmaker. That's a problem. And that's why he's gotten, you know, he's gotten sacked so many times this year. He's so far behind the game. That'll lead us into uh, Jets and Raiders coming back in just a few. Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, Adam Hill, what else did you see last night with Zach Wilson and the Jets? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, the defense was impressive, played played really well. Um, I actually thought the, the Chargers had a similar game to what the Raiders had this week in that they had a lead. They kind of knew the other team wasn't going to be able to catch up, so they didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to show anything. They didn't have to put their quarterback in bad situations. They just kind of let the game go, knowing that it was basically over. And you know that's a good position to be in when you don't have to risk anything or show anything or put any kind of pressure on your quarterback. So um, that was good. They tried a couple of times, and obviously they didn't really put the game away officially until uh, the you know late, late Austin Eckler, you know, real short touchdown off short field off a turnover, but. Uh, they knew that th- their defense was going to be in a position where they were not going to let the Jets get back in the game because the Jets couldn't do anything. Damon, you graded AOC really hard against the Chargers. Who's better, Aiden O'Connell or Zach Wilson? <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, I think I'm going to go Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, Adam. Uh, well, we've seen we've seen more from Zach Wilson. Um, we've seen him do it. We haven't seen Aiden O'Connell do it. Do what? Play at a high level. And we know, I mean, I Zach Wilson's more talented, obviously. Um, that doesn't mean I, mean, I think that he's, mean I think he's more, more talented, but I do believe that in time, AOC will process the game better than Zach Wilson ever will. And it was basically, it was, it was, it was the same feel as you watch the game. Things were not processing quick enough for AOC the first time around against the Chargers, and therefore he got sacked six times by Khalil Mack and a bunch more. And last night, to my point, again, if you watch the game, 
I mean, did you not see the same thing? It is three steps back from the center and then count another three, and he still got the ball. It's the NFL. I mean, there was a play last night where Joey Bosa was being handled by an offensive lineman, and around the offensive lineman, he sacked Zach Wilson. That's how much freaking time Zach Wilson held the ball for. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was definitely an issue. I mean, that Zach Wilson last night was very similar to Aiden O'Connell against the Chargers. And maybe it's the Chargers that do that. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not. It's uh, not the, the, Chargers, the Chargers, when healthy, are outstanding on the defensive line. Uh, and by the way, give credit to Bosa because – if you go back a couple of weeks, and anyone who really watched the game, when the Chiefs lit up the freaking Chargers, Bosa, you know, there were a lot of times where they didn't set the edge correctly, right? And Mahomes on third down was running wild, but he kept, he kept running wild on the outside. And there were a few times you watched Joey Bosa try to track him down, and you're like, he's not healthy. I'm not saying, you know, Joey Bosa is a 4-6 you know, guy as a defensive end, but he's not slow. And you saw last night he was all over the field and he can actually run. So, I don't know, man. I I don't know what people are watching with the Jets. I don't know why. I think Zach Wilson gets a soft touch from a bunch of former quarterbacks. I guess he's a likable guy. I just – I sat there last night. You know what's funny? I watched a game at a bar last night, and it was the same exact bar that I told you. If you guys remember, I never saw Aaron Rodgers play for the Jets in a real game because – I left the studio, I was driving to the game, check that, driving to the bar, and Kevin Harlan was on the game, and on the play that he went down, I could, Kevin Harlan, and I forget who the color voice, it was Kurt Warner, I think, and you could just tell in the voices that, that this, it was awful. And then I walked in, and I see Rodgers being helped off the field, and... Again, I was at the same exact bar, and I thought back to that moment, and I remember that night watching Zach Wilson and how slow his reactions were, and I came in the next day, and I said it while I was watching the game. I'm like, he cannot be the quarterback the rest of the season for the Jets. He stinks. He can't process the game. And I was right. Somehow they've gutted out four wins because of the defense, and Brees Hall is awesome. I was right. He's not good enough. And I'll tell you, I had a tinge of jealousy today. I don't care how bad people think Carson Wentz is. It's not even close between Carson Wentz and Zach Wilson. And now Carson Wentz is back in the NFL because he signed with the Rams. Yeah, I thought I thought the Jets should try it. Well, should it's not now. It's they're they're eight games in. I don't I don't know what was going on in the organization. I don't know why there was this undying loyalty to Zach Wilson. I don't know why. Um, I mean. I feel bad for Robert Sala because he's been, belt, um, been dealt a bad hand. But, bro, you're part of the brain trust that agreed week two on that Zach Wilson could be the guy. You signed Trevor Simeon, and then last night he's like, you know, people are asking about a quarterback change, and he throws out, oh, that's a lazy take. A lazy take? What are you watching? <laughs> Seriously. This is insulting. Well, you're Steve, wasting like, – if your goal is to get a top pick, then just tell us. But that's not their goal. You know it's not their goal. They're trying to win games. So if you're trying to win games, don't sign Trevor Simeon. And if you do, he's still better than Zach Wilson. Make the change. This is dumb. I don't want to be ranting about this stupid team, but everyone around the NFL knows. They watch the games, and it's like, oh, poor Zach. Maybe he'll get it. 
This is the NFL. There is no maybe he'll get it. Are you going for the playoffs or not? If not, then tell us you're tanking. But this is ridiculous to watch this guy every week. It, it, it's it's troubling. It, but I think the problem is he, he has shown a couple of times of like, oh, me, no, okay, me, no, uh, no. Like that that is part of the problem that he every once in a while shows the flashes of the talent that made him this is drafted absurd. where he was. This is absurd. Damon, are you on the same? Well, there's glimpses. You know, you're on that same train. Well, he, you, you don't know. want that. That's not a good thing. You don't want it. You want it to be terrible all the time. You never want to see those. You know, you see a throw. Complete. You're like, whoa, that throw, <laughs> like. Man, that throw on the side of Gary Wilson, made, look at that. He made a throw over the middle in the fourth quarter, and I said to myself, okay, that's a throw that he can make every 50 passes. You yeah. know who that is? That's a third stringer. That's Tommy DeVito. I don't think Tommy DeVito can make that every 100 passes. <laughs> 50? Well, whatever. You get my point. It's Matt Barkley, who the Giants just signed. Who else did the Giants sign today? Oh, Jacob Eason. No, the Giants have made it clear what they're doing. While the Jets have, I don't know what they're doing. The Giants have made it clear. They're not going to say it, but we are tanking. We are we are signing, you know, third string quarterbacks, and there'll be a competition for those guys to play. And we are trying to go two and fifteen. It's crazy. What do you, what do you think the crowd is going to be like? Are Jets fans still enthused enough? Are they going to bring a big crowd out to Vegas? And I guess I'll, before I even ask that, what was the Giants crowd like? Uh, they they were there. Yeah, but I think the issue is like you. If you book a trip to Vegas, you're just coming to Vegas. Yep. You're going to go to the game. You might not be, you know, as enthused as you ordinarily would be, but I think you're going to you're going to make the trip. A lot of times you can't cancel a trip. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, did you see the uh, the graphic that I put in our rundown? It's up on social media. Did you see this one? The Las Vegas tailgate party extravaganza. It's the Gotham City crew that is a Jets fan group, 1.30 to 4.30 on Sunday. The host is the man who I believe did one of the greatest rants in the history of Sports Talk Radio, our buddy Brandon Tierney. Mm, and I know that guy. You could see a couple minutes ago, I'm trying not to get really mad at you because I think you're soft-pedaling this with, with Zach Wilson, and I'm getting more and more angry. Tierney reached a level of anger that we've rarely seen on Sports Talk Radio. Like, hyperventilating anger. Like, sweating out of your dome anger. Like, almost ripping the microphone out of the console anger. But his take was, he backed Zach Wilson the day after. He, he backed him. He did. He backed him. And that day I was like, this is absurd. It's fine. He can have that sports take, but he's a very frustrated Jets fan. I actually texted him last night, and I was asking him about his tailgate. And by the way, fans in Vegas who are not on this trip, because I think he's also got his Jetaways deal where he, he, he flies out with fans. I'm not sure if this game has an official Jetaways trip. But I texted him last night. Adam, and you know Brandon Tierney. He used to live here in Vegas, did sure. some national radio here in Vegas. And I was I sent him a message. I said, hey, is it open to Jets fans in Vegas? He simply, and this was like the third quarter, he simply sends back yes. Now, keep in mind, I haven't texted him 
in probably a year and a half. <laughs> He's not a big texter. No. So I was like, wow, I got a yes back. Okay. He's in the midst of the game. This isn't working. The, uh, the, the next message I got from the next message I got from him is this. He just said, this is effing disgusting. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's basically, I think he was basically writing his, his script for the show. Oh, accusations of script. Anyway, his, uh, his tailgate, premium open bar with cocktail service, local food trucks and restaurant pop-ups, tented seating lounge with multiple TVs for games on NFL Sunday ticket, DJ, tailgate games, cornhole and ping pong, prizes and giveaways, three-minute walk from the stadium. So who wants in? Go up to, uh, go up to my Twitter account, at Steve Cofield, and you can get the information to hang out with uh, New York radio star Brandon Tierney and also former Jet Marty Lyons. Um, if I ask for you and I and the SO, because I'm going to the game as a fan, if I ask Tierney to get into his tailgate for free, what do you think the response will be? Uh, he'll probably send you a link. <laughs> to buy he'll, say, he'll say, yeah, you can pay, just like everyone else. Here's the link. You don't think he'll give like, he's I'll not going to give you a freebie? I'll sign a photo if you're here. <laughs> you know, this was all, this is the beginning of an effort to get him on the show. And he is one of the hardest books in all of Sports Talk Radio. So I think you get him. You think I can? Do you want me to reach out? Um, I don't <laughs> know that, that you'll get him. I don't think he's mad at you. I just I don't I think know. I will. <laughs> uh, the Jets are coming to town. I'm going to try to minimize how much I talk about this. It's going to make you sick to your stomach because I already am sick to my stomach. All right, rolling on here, <laughs> Cofield and company, halfway mark of the show. We're going to talk to Sam Peniatovich in less than 10 minutes, get his reaction to uh, last week in sports betting, and look ahead to another week in the National Football League and college football. Adam Hill, Damon, Cofield. Hmm. It was a very quaint get-together. Again, we, uh, you get a chance, Adam, to be around the coordinators. All right, so... In general, what was uh, Graham's feeling about his D against the Giants? Uh, I think he, th- he thought, you know, they played very well, which they did. Uh, I think, you know, he, he assessed it pretty well that they uh, were able to stay patient. They finally, you know, they got the Giants in a position where they had to throw. I, I think he was, he was holding back on being overly, you know, ecstatic or overly – he's never braggadocious, but he's not going to – you know, I don't think you're gonna go, you know, high five the world for sacking Tommy DeVito six times in the second half. Like you could, you can kind of tell it was like, you know, we did our job, uh, which right. which they did. Um, well, let's uh, let's take a second to listen and talk about uh, what led to all the sacks. It starts with the the players first and foremost in terms of executing their their, their assignments and the game plan for that game. They did a good job with that, but. The thing that stands out the most when you look at all the pressures was the effort. You know, just the guys, you know, relentless pursuit to the ball. They were hungry to get to the football. And, you know, I would say, again, I can't give you an exact number, but a lot of sacks throughout this league, it starts with the effort of those guys, players, you know, playing, you know, really, really hard on each play and making the play. That's where a lot of sacks come in this league. And a combination of that and obviously on the back end, the coverage, you know, just sacks aren't possible if the coverage has to all tie together. So, again, it's all about team defense, you know, the coverage and the rush all being tied together. 
Yeah. I mean, no, no question. Uh, that was kind of what it was. The, they didn't have anybody open. They had a quarterback that was holding the ball forever and didn't know what to do with it. And, um, you know, they had two sacks from Daniel Jones falling down uh, and then them tapping him when he was hurt. Uh, they got one when Tommy DeVito, for some reason, panicked and just went out of bounds. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't understand that one. That was a uh, that was credited to Max Crosby. Um, but, yes, I think when you when you look at the, the totality, it was, you know, all you know, a whole bunch of different guys putting pressure from different areas, and you know, you, you see guys like Adam Butler getting a sack, and Tyree Wilson gets a, a half of a sack when he gets in there. Uh, there was there's pressure from all over the place, and I think that put the Giants in a really tough position and enabled them to rack up the stats. Here's Patrick Graham talking about the defense playing a good game because they played together. For me, you can't play defense without the we. It's 11 people out there trying, we're not calling plays, we're calling the defense to defend the field and or the situation, and you need all 11 to do that. So I'm proud. I'm proud of those guys, how they're playing and playing for each other, playing together, and just proud about the way they're improving each week. And so, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. What did you get from the players, Adam, in terms of a different feel in this game? Because I, I kind of don't understand that one. If McDaniel's leaving. Does that help bond the defense too? I think a little bit just in terms of, you know, what everybody's saying, of they're just playing looser. Uh, not you know necessarily worried about you know one of the things that has been talked about and I, we haven't just got necessarily gotten into it that much on here it's not um, it wasn't it wasn't always on the record but it was more behind the scenes and, and Derek Carr I think is the one that really kind of leaked it out through his brother last year is that you know film sessions would often just be huge critiques like you screwed this up you messed this up it was it was like sitting in on a, a post show meeting with Steve Cofield. Uh, was essentially, you know, the, the style of Josh McDaniels of you yes. are terrible. How yes. could you do this? Um, and kind of, you know, embarrassing you in front of your teammates uh, sure. was part of what they're what they were doing. Of, of and I think the you know the philosophy was, if you're embarrassed in front of your teammates, you're not going to do it again. Uh, but what that leads to oftentimes is like not doing not doing extra because you're just scared of of messing up and getting yelled at. So. Uh, sounds like they were playing looser and more free, and that kind of helped. Sammy P is on the way. I guess uh, I'm lucky that uh, one Ari doesn't have a big family that has a blog that could get at me. It's Coolfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. It's a Tuesday. We always check in with Sam Paniotovich from Nesson. And Fox Sports. So, how did this weekend treat you? How did this weekend treat your expert of all experts, uh, John Murray, over at the Westgate in the Superbook, who's been just killing it with a play of the week? I was actually going to answer that question a different way when you asked how my weekend went, because I did about 28 hours hard time in New Orleans. But yeah. we'll start with Murray if you want. This guy just keeps winning, and I'm getting texts from people that I never expected to get texts from on Tuesday and Wednesday. Hey, who does Murray like? And I have to tell them all, I don't know yet because we tape the video <laughs> every Thursday. He has made nine picks, nine for nine, and he's Teflon, you know? And it's not like really any of these have been all that lucky. Aside from the one, two weeks ago, he had Seattle minus three and a half. And that was the game that Cleveland was up late, had the turnover at midfield, and I believe the Seahawks hit a touchdown to win by four. But they're mostly small dogs that win outright or they're favorites that roll. And, and he is just 
locked in right now. There's a reason he's the king of the NFL. Amazing. Amazing. It, it's freaking hard to, to open a season like this. Uh, let's talk about Monday Night Football and the Chargers. I saw you make a comment at some point during the game that uh, you didn't. it seemed like you didn't love the Chargers' performance minus three. So what would you say? Well, I actually – lost on the game I had Jets plus three and a half I thought that was a, a bad bet around the third quarter but really there were a couple things that went against me you know the kickoff you know right away the Chargers go up seven nothing on a kick or a punt I don't remember exactly what it was I was walking in the house and saw the guy rumble down for you know a long return touchdown so that goes against you and then the Jets have three fumbles lose all three the Chargers have three fumbles and lose zero so that was one of those weird results that just tends to happen in the NFL. But Steve, when you go back and you look at the end of the second quarter, you know, the Chargers are up 14 to 3. They are passing the ball with an 11-point lead and like 40 seconds to go. You know, the Jets have all three timeouts. You you run, run, maybe pass on third down, but they're out there throwing on first down. And then they throw again on second down, and they actually gave the Jets the ball back down 14-3 with two timeouts left. Now, you know, the Jets, maybe when you think about it, you know, in hindsight, okay, Zach Wilson stinks, but you're not giving the ball back to an elite team there. You're not giving the ball back to a Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. I thought that this game should have been a lot more lopsided, but Brandon Staley continues to keep inferior teams in games. And this was not just the first example this year. We got a great setup coming out of this with the uh, Jets after the way they played and how Zach Wilson played. So you got Jets at Raiders, one-and-a-half-point spread. Um, my issues here, game two with Pierce, do we get a drop, uh, an adrenaline dump? And I right now, I don't know how people – I don't bet the Jets. I'm a Jets fan, so I'm not going to bother. But I don't know how people bet on Zach Wilson if the Jets aren't getting points. He's bad, man, and their defense can only do so much. I mean, good Lord, if I would have told you – before the game, that Justin Herbert would be 16 of 30 for 136 yards and no touchdowns. Who wins the game? You know, I mean, the defense did everything right in that game, but the offense didn't score a touchdown. So when you bring it to, you know, the weekend ahead, I laugh at this total. Open 37 and a half Superbook and look at it now, 36, 36, 36, 36. And it's hard to argue over. I mean, it really is. I, I know that you know, some of these totals are just so low and the margin for error is, is not big. But, man, I mean, like, how many points do the Jets and Raiders get to? Um, like 17-10 seems a lot more likely than 27-20, does it not? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to bet either side. I mean, yeah. I, I, think, I think the play here, some of you listening right now still have the ability to do the uh, six-point teaser. Uh, minus 125 or so, I think that's okay. Don't be laying 140, 150 on teasers. But I, I like it a lot more if you take the, the Raiders from one and a half to seven and a half, and then you take a team like Seattle from six and a half down to minus the hook. Like I would, I would much rather pair the Raiders in a teaser uh, with a team like Seattle, or maybe you can tease the Chargers up from two and a half to eight and a half at home. I just, I want more points if I'm going to bet the Raiders. Sam Penny, out of edge gambling expert on Tuesdays on Cofield and Company, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. So you mentioned 28 hours in New Orleans. What was that all about, and uh, what'd you squeeze in? My buddy Ricky Boots, who I grew up with on the south side of Chicago, has gone to every Bears game, <laughs> minus a couple, for the last 15 years. And, you know, 
before the season, he he always tells me, he goes, all right, you got to come this year. Because I've never really done a road game with him. I always do the home games when I was living there, but I haven't done a road game yet. He gives me the schedule, and I look at it, and I go, all right, I can go to D.C. I could go to Detroit, Minnesota, Cleveland, Green Bay. (laughs) Oh, New Orleans. I've never been in New Orleans. So I fly down on Saturday. Go to Drago's, get the charbroiled oysters. Uh, we do a really nice dinner. We get some steak and some grits and some spaghetti and all that. And then yeah. the next day I get the gumbo and the shrimp and grits. And I, I ate like a king, drank even better, and yeah. uh, saw the Bears turn the ball over five times. It was awesome. <laughs> well, you knew that was going to be the worst part of the trip. They covered, though. How yes. many teams turned the ball That's over right. five times and covered eight and a half, 24-17? The Saints had the ball. And, I'm of course, I'm sweating this out. I'm I'm ready to to die because I think that this bet's going to lose. The Saints had the ball inside the Bears' 30 three times in the fourth quarter and came away with no points. Yep. Well, between uh, groupie missing kicks and then Derek Carr has this penchant. I mean, he, he's a good comeback quarterback, but man, he can a lot of times his offenses just don't stretch out the lead. Um, I saw the picks from the bartender; it wound up splitting. Um, boy, rough one on the Rams plus three against Green Bay. He actually was on the Commanders, which I wanted to kind of build on that with the Commanders. What do you think of uh, Washington the rest of the way is potentially they look for a regime change and maybe they're going to trade for Belichick? Am I being super, super square public by thinking the Commanders plus six at Seattle is a good play? I wouldn't say it's super square. I mean, you're going to see you're going to see some buyback for sure. This opened up Seahawks minus five and a half in the desert, you know, six and a half at South Point right now, six and a half at stations. So it's. It's on the way up. I don't I don't think we get to seven, but I would tell you, Steve, I, I think you could just wait. I think you could wait this out just for the potential that you do get that group that comes in and goes, all right, we're going to lay Seattle anything under a field goal. They have a quarterback that can throw the deep ball. It's not like Chicago. It's not like the New York Jets. It's not like a team like Carolina where you're just praying that the quarterback churns these six, seven, eight play drives down the field. No, the, the commanders, oh, I said it, damn it. The the football team <laughs> can get these 40, 50-yard touchdown plays because they have a quarterback that can throw the deep ball and they have those receivers. But my advice to answer this in a long way short would be to just wait. At, at, at worst, you're going to get six and a half on Sunday. You might get a seven. Ravens-Browns to me is fascinating. We're talking to Sam Paniatovich. Uh, Ravens are – Laying six. I think that's a big number. And yet I did my AFC ratings yesterday. I have the Ravens as a number one team. I have the Browns as a number eight outside the playoffs. But I do think the gap between one and eight or nine is pretty close in the AFC. I really like this website. And if you don't know what it is, check it out. Sumersports.com. It's free. It's uh, ran by a buddy of mine named Eric Yeager. S-U-M-E-R sports.com and they do a lot of the advanced metrics and their favorite stat is epa per play that's expected points added per play so the ravens are number two in defense and they are number five in offense Mm. they are the most complete team right now in the league according to sumer sports which you know take what you want from that that's more of a metrically driven website but steve they also have one of the most one of the most lethal kickers in the league with justin tucker They have a coach who continuously puts his team in a position to succeed. I have them over nine and a half and over 10 wins. I have them to win the division, and I don't have any Super Bowl. I'm kicking myself that I did. Despite all that, 
not laying six in this game. This is one of those <laughs> black and blue AFC North games. The total is 37 and a half, which says that both teams are going to struggle to score. I just – I don't like doing it. I don't like it when the Chiefs play the Broncos. I don't like it when the Packers play the Bears. I don't like it when the Ravens play the Browns. When these two teams get together that know each other extremely well, it's tough to win these games by seven. I actually like the under 37 and a half. I love me some Baltimore this year, and so do the numbers, but I don't want to lay it this week. I agree with you. Jaguars plus three against the Niners. Feels like a, a get-right spot for San Francisco. I mean, I'm going to look at the injury report this week. We all know that they've lost a handful of games in a row. I think it's, what, three in a row San Francisco has lost. Yep. Uh, but they didn't have Debo for two of those. They didn't have their left tackle, Trent Williams. Purdy was was banged up, half concussed, half not concussed. I think them off the bye would be my look here. Um, you know, this is going to probably close three. You're going to see good good groups on both sides. I I would probably give the benefit of the doubt, though, to San Francisco. If, if they can get these guys back in the mix, that is the most dangerous team to me still in the NFC. And I'll tell you what, man, no quarterback in that conference wants to see Bosa and Chase Young in the playoffs. I mean, that is going to be – very, very tough to go up against. I don't care where they go because defense travels. The Niners have traveled. They've won at Green Bay in the past. They've won at Los Angeles in the playoffs. Um, that team still to me, you know, offense, defense, special teams, I still think when when fully healthy, San Francisco has the best roster in football. College football, Michigan at Penn State, four and a half the Wolverines are favored. I, I just don't bet James Franklin in big games. I, I think we had this conversation when they played Ohio State, and you were like, I kind of like Penn State. And I'm like, no, I trust me. I, I get you. I, I know what you're saying. It's a nice number. But then you you watch the way that, that Penn State plays in these big games. And I, I like the Aller kid. I, I think he's going to be good. But he's still just a kid. He's only a sophomore. I don't think they score many points in this one. You know, this total's been bet up too, which was a little surprising. Open 43 and a half up to 46 now in Vegas, but you're starting to see fives. How about a five at Circa? Five offshore at a couple shops. Um, you're going to probably see a lot of tickets on Penn State. That'll be a popular dog again, a lot like Penn State was against Ohio State. But man, I, I know you like Michigan too this year. I mean, you hell, you make Michigan seven on Ohio State. What do you make them at Penn State? You think this number's right? No, I think it's too low. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, that that defense has, you know, I was going through the the mocks and all that. You know, the next two years, some websites do the two deep mocks where they give you the 24 and the 25 mocks. Michigan's got six guys going to the NFL on defense, six. Um, I mean, they, they are just – playing outstanding on that side of the ball. And and I think we're in for, you know, if Drew Aller throws a pick six in this game, they're not going to cover. Like that's how slim the margin is. He has to play. He has to throw 300 yards and three touchdowns. And I don't think he can do that. I, I think it's going to be really, really uphill for, for Penn State this weekend. Go to at Nesson Betts for a lot of Sammy P stuff up on Twitter. Sam Paniotovich to close things out here. This is either a dream time for betters or it can be a nightmare if you overdo it. You've got this crazy crossover now with college basketball. And I love college basketball, but yesterday there were 100-plus games. So balancing football and trying to do all the research. Anyway, long story short, do you have a future on the national title? I know you watch this market every year. 
Yes, I do. I bet Kentucky uh, last week at 20 to one, you know, some books are down to 18. There's one book that has a 12. So, you know, always get the best number. I think the best number in Vegas is about 16 to one. I also do have a bet for you tonight. I bet over 137 in uh, Sacramento State and Nevada. I think that number is too low, too. All right. I like it. Some Mountain West play. Excellent. Sam Paniotovich, follow him at SP Shoot up on Twitter. We'll be waiting this week to get a uh, bartender selection or two. And, of course, uh, John Murray with a chance. Uh, John from the Westgate shot to go 10-0. and 0, So we'll be watching that as well. Sam, thank you. He says he's going 18-0. and 0. I think that's Woo. half kidding, but I also think he's half serious. So we'll see.